you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And on today's program, I want to talk about one of my absolute biggest fears as a Missouri fan and how the Kansas City Chiefs this season are actually making me realize that I may have been overanalyzing that fear for all of these years. And also, I want to get into, despite the fact that I've sort of derided the impact of statistics, at least on the presentation and discussions of sports these days, well, I I figured it was worthy to at least take a moment to try to explain some of this stuff, just in case you're tooling around the internet. Well, I don't want any of you to get confused, and most importantly, to lose context about what these stats mean. In particular, Missouri is kind of lowly ranked in basketball and Ken Palm, among all the other metrics. So let's get into what that means at some point. But you know what? First, let's start with sort of the latest news on the gridiron and the hardwood, and especially, well, let's start with hoops, actually, because obviously the last two games for Missouri postponed, at least temporarily, perhaps even permanently. Who knows what the amount of cancellations we're seeing in the SEC so far. But as for now, LSU and Vanderbilt obviously postponed. But according to Ben Arnett, actually one of my former stomping mates, around the columns at the University of Missouri. He was just a year ahead of me in journalism school. But Ben Arnett over at KOMU, he says, I have confirmed that Mizzou's basketball team has no positive COVID-19 cases at this time. The team returned to practice yesterday, as they hoped to when the pause began, and are currently on track to play at Texas A&M on Saturday. And indeed, Conzo Martin and some of the players are scheduled to talk with the media on Zoom this afternoon. So hopefully we'll get a little bit more information and certainly positive information out of that press conference. And assuming all systems are go tomorrow, I'm scheduled to have Cole Thompson from Locked On Aggies on the show. So that should be a fun crossover for all of us on tomorrow's program. So look forward to that. Certainly, we'll, I'll, certainly I'll talk a little bit of football with Cole as well. Texas A&M been a big talking point nationally for the past few weeks, no doubt about that. And speaking of football, well, there's news for Tiger football as well. Several newcomers have arrived on campus already. According to Dave Matter, he was looking deep into the Mizzou student directory, and he found some names. He found quarterback Tyler Macon, his, his high school teammate, wide receiver Dominique Levette, also tied in Ryan Horstcamp, lineman, offensive lineman Connor Tollerson, cornerback Dalen Carnell, defensive lineman Daniel Robledo, and offensive lineman EJ Domo-Ogar. I assume it's Domo-Ogar. It could be in Doma. I don't know if the N is silent or not. But on top of that, Mookie Cooper, the Ohio State transfer, scheduled to arrive in a couple days. And Travion Ford, the four-star defensive end, should be arriving soon as well. And frankly, it's good to see all of those young men on campus early because I genuinely believe all of them have a shot to play as true freshmen next season. Now, 
when it comes to Tyler Macon, I certainly expect Connor Basilak to start next season. And certainly Eli Drinkwitz said this as well on Frank Cusimano's radio show. Drinkwitz said there's no real question that Connor Basilak is our starting quarterback. He says that the Tigers will, quote, turn it loose during fall camp. But then he continues and says, boy, it'll be tough to unseat the SEC freshman of the year. So to me, as usual, Eli Drinkwitz doing a nice job of playing the good cop and the bad cop psychologically, making it making it quite clear that, yes, it's going to be an open competition at every position because that's how Drinkwitz runs his program. But then, at the same time, he makes sure to put Connor Basilak over, give him some confidence, show that he has confidence by saying it will indeed be tough to beat out the SEC freshman of the year. And certainly that's what I expect as well, but don't be surprised if Macon wins the backup job. He is not coming here to sit. I've said that before. I think it's worth saying again. Now, as for the rest of this class, well, generally offensive linemen tend to take some time to develop. Generally, they're not going to play as true freshmen for a couple reasons. Number one, because of just pure size. It takes some time to generally get those big guys up to the size they need to be to play at an SEC level. And then second of all, maybe even if you are the exception of the rule, the guy that does have SEC size at the offensive line position in college, or I'm sorry, in high school, well, you still don't have college quality technique because you probably were just able to physically dominate who was in front of you at the high school level. Now, perhaps Connor Tolleson from Jackson, Missouri will be the exception. Six foot five, 300 pounds. It's a pretty impressive measurement, especially for a guy who, again, hasn't gotten college-type training and conditioning and nutrition just yet. But Missouri certainly has a, a need on the offensive line, too. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Connor Tolleson, especially with Larry Borum moving on to the NFL at tackle. But as for EJ Doma Ogar, again, transfer from Oklahoma, I don't, I'd be disappointed if he wasn't a starter next season. I think you get that kind of transfer, you, you don't accept a transfer like that from Oklahoma and expect him to sit. So expect him to be, maybe he'll take Borum's spot. Who knows? That's probably more likely than the true freshman Tolleson. And definitely keep an eye on Dalen Carnell, too, the defensive back from Indianapolis. I thought one thing that really stood out when I broke his film down this past summer is just how physical he was as a player. Now, don't get me wrong, I thought he was impressive in coverage, too. But he played like a guy with a chip on his shoulder. He played kind of like a grown man, to be honest with you. So especially at he's six foot one, maybe pushing even six two, he might be ready to play immediately, especially with the amount of cornerbacks and defensive backs that you need in this day and age, and especially when you saw the lack of depth that Missouri had at that position the last couple games of the season. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Dalen Carnell play at corner, maybe maybe in the slot as a defender, who knows, but I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him see the field pretty significantly this coming fall. And I tell you, I really, really like this class, this 2021 class coming up this fall. Really excited about these kids. I just think this whole group makes a lot of sense together. I think they're all just a bunch of really good, diverse, 
football players, and I'm excited to see them play. But of course, my big fear would be, no, what if they all bust? Well, I don't think that's going to happen. But I actually have had a much bigger fear as a Missouri fan. It kind of comes back to, to, again, emotional attachment a little bit, a theme I've touched on a couple times this week already. So I want to hit that. But first, I want to thank my friends at Built Bar for sending me a little care package this past week. Oh, yes, they sent me all 18 flavors of Built Bar, including the 12 original and the six new, of course, my favorite being Cherry Barcia. But quite honestly, they're all good. you got to find which one suits your fancy the most. Or maybe you're like me and they all kind of work, right? So get the variety pack. Figure out what suits your fancy. Go to BuiltBar.com and find out that these bars are great for the health-conscious guy. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high in fiber. So again... Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Hey, if you listen to the Locked On Bets podcast, well, you got a nice winner the other day on two different levels if you're a Missouri fan. Yes, Lee Sterling had Oklahoma State winning straight up over the Kansas Jayhawks. And indeed they did, as you all well know by now. What a great underdog pick that was, especially to have them winning outright. It's practically like getting free money when you listen to Locked On Bets, so be sure to do so. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. And indeed we have talked a lot about the emotion in sports this week here on the Locked On Mizzou podcast But you know what? I want to talk sort of tangentially about that topic, but much more personal this time. Yes, much less about presentation and analysis of sports, but something personal that, frankly, I've thought about for basically decades, and that's this. Now, first, let me explain where I come from as a sports fan. As all you know, I'm a lifelong Mizzou fan since, you know, I, I can remember, I have pretty vivid memories of the 89-90 Missouri basketball team. I can say that's probably about when I first became a true fan. So the last 30 years or so. But in that period of time, I've also been a diehard fan of the two Kansas City squads, the Chiefs and the Royals. And until 2015, well, I had absolutely no idea what a championship felt like. Because, well, obviously in 85, I was two years old, zero memory of that particular championship. I'm sorry, my Cardinals listeners. I truly didn't mean to pick that scab. I really didn't. But the point is, while I've been a lifelong Missouri fan, a season ticket holder, an alum, all that good stuff, and you know, a fan to quite, to quite the literal definition of fan, a fanatic, a person who has gotten so emotionally wrapped up in this stuff, it's often to the point of semi-insanity. But you know what? While that didn't seem like a very a very positive description that I just made, frankly, I love that. Again, I love the passion of being able to just throw all my emotion into something that's frankly totally irrational. Because a lot of times I am a fairly rational human being. So what the heck? I guess I'm just one big dichotomy. But again, my point is, is for as much as I desired, for instance, a, a national championship for the Tigers in basketball 
and football, I always wondered, now wait a second, if we ever got to the top of the mountain, am I ever going to care as much again? And well, frankly, again, we go back to the Royals. In 2015, I was never really able to have that question answered because the Royals have not gone back to the postseason since that 2015 run. Now, certainly they gave it a shot in 16 and 17, but now the Royals are back to being basically a bottom feeder, at least for the time being. We'll see what happens in the, in the near future here. But the point is, is really the Kansas City Chiefs now. They won the Super Bowl this past season, of course. Well, now I'm getting a real playoff run here. And as we're gearing up to play Cleveland, as we're possibly gearing up to play Buffalo or Baltimore in the next round, if if KC is lucky enough to get past the Browns, well, I found that, darn it, I do want that another Super Bowl. Apparently, I'm just as greedy and selfish as every New England Patriots fan in the world. So I guess that's where we are. That's how people work, right? We need more, more, more. And sometimes that can be really bad, right, in terms of human nature. But we let, it, we let it come out in sports. I think there's a lot of things about human nature that we let get out in sports, like our tribalistic nature. Like, I don't think tribalism is the best thing in the world, right? I think that's something that it may be natural to human beings, but it's something that we should at least push down and try to realize how silly that is, how that's sort of a part of our caveman brain. Well, I think you can sort of cathartically get a lot of that tribalistic instinct out of you by, again, putting on a, putting on your team's favorite jersey, their, your, your, your favorite jersey, your favorite hat, whatever it might be, and just cheering and re- losing your mind for three hours, but then realizing after the game, okay, let's move on and I'll get back to being a normal human being again. I just think that's kind of a big part of the human existence, and I'm just frankly relieved to know that, oh, that if the Tigers ever got to the top of the mountain, would I be just as insane about all of this the following season? Yeah, it turns out I would be, even at the ripe old age of 38. And now that we have gotten the emotional segment of the show out of the way, well, let's get to the analytical part. Again, I want to try to explain the Ken Palm numbers in a better context for people who I think are maybe having a little bit trouble of grasping what it all means, and most importantly, what these stats are trying to accomplish. But first, I want to remind you, frankly, about a deal and a number that is really, really hard to pass up. And that's from our friends at betonline.ag. Because, yes, college football is over, but the NFL playoffs are hot and heavy. College basketball, we're right at the beginning of conference play. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Heck, get in on the action. And the best way to do it is, of course, at betonline.ag, the only place that has you covered and the only place we trust here at the Locked On Podcast Network. So, use the promo code Locked On, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use that promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the league, covering all the news and insight on every game, team, 
and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every week with Peacock and Williamson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Now, what I'm about to discuss here, this this segment about how to put the Ken Palm college basketball statistics in context is just as as important and just as applicable to Bill Conley's statistics, actually. Former Mizzou alum. Well, I guess once a Mizzou alum, you're always a Mizzou alum, right? Bill Conley, also known as Bill C, does the S&P Plus statistics, which in my opinion, are a really valuable tool and also quite comparable to the Ken Palm-style statistics that obviously Mr. Ken Pomeroy does over at his side for college hoops. Now, first of all, it's important to understand that Ken Palm statistics are really doing two things at the same time. Number one, they're simply compiling statistics, and sometimes often statistics that you're not going to see in the box score in your standard box score, that is. For instance, I've brought up Xavier Pinson's usage rate a whole bunch of times. Well, in my opinion, that's what's nice about Ken Palm is not only are you able to see Xavier Pinson's usage rate if you click on Missouri and their team, see all their statistics, but you're able to then put it in context of where that ranks in comparison to the entire country and to the SEC. So that type of individual statistical stuff, along with all the team stuff, whether it's just basic shooting percentages broken down into threes and twos, or it's turnover percentages, your average length of possession, all that stuff, well, that's all very objective. There's really nothing to complain about there if if you're a basketball fan. But where these statistics sometimes start getting controversial is when Ken Palm, you realize it gets into the second part. Again, the first thing that Ken Palm does is it compiles statistics, but then the second part of their mission is they make projections. Now, this is where people start to lose what these statistics are actually trying to do, in my opinion. Again, Ken Palm's rankings are trying to project forward, whereas the Associated Press rankings, for the most part, voters tend to vote on how your team has done this season. Now, don't get me wrong, people's preseason perceptions definitely still factor into their voting, but the Ken Palm statistics do that in a much more objective way, quite honestly. Now, you can disagree with it or agree with it, especially on an individual case. For instance, if you're Missouri, maybe we should take more into consideration about what this team is right now. Because, frankly, there's reasons that team hasn't been very good the last couple of years, and and some of that is injury. And this team is actually healthy now. So maybe you can, on an individual basis, make the case that, hey, Missouri, why does Ken Palm have them ranked 47th while the Associated Press poll has them ranked 17th, for instance? Which one do you believe? Well, the bottom line is, for right or wrong, Ken Palm at this point in the season is still going to fairly heavily factor in its preseason projections. And just because, say on day one, a team loses a team, you know, they're not just going to start ranking the teams one to 333, however many teams there are in Division One, just based off one week. That would be silly, right? 
Well, by the same token, now that we're nine weeks in, now that we're nine games in for Missouri, although some teams have played as many as 13 or 14 games, well, obviously, as the season goes along, the preseason projections start to be factored out of Ken Palm's formula just a little bit more every single week. So quite honestly, from my experience, by the time you get to March, by the time it's time for the tournament and March Madness, the Ken Palm rankings are pretty accurate. They really are. They're a pretty darn good reflection of who you should probably back in an individual game. Now, is it perfect? Of course not. No projection system is ever going to be perfect. Projecting the future of anything, much less how a bunch of 18 to 22-year-olds are going to collectively play basketball together against a bunch of other 18 to 22-year-olds on a given day. But just from my perspective, something I've really found helpful, again, speaking of March Madness, we all like to fill out brackets, right? Well, it's way too pat for me to just sit there and say, oh, okay, I'll just pick whoever has the highest overall ranking in Ken Palm and just have those teams advance. That's obviously way too simplistic, and nobody should do your bracket that way. But I will tell you this. Here's something I've found, and it's been really helpful for me the last few years predicting the tournament. You want to lean on teams. If there's a team that is maybe a 4 or 5 seed that you think can make a run to the Final Four, make sure to look at their adjusted defense. Because I think teams that have great offenses, sure, they're really tough to beat on a night-to-night basis, but if you're going to make a run to the Final Four, you have to win four straight ball games. If you're going to win the tournament, you got to win six straight ball games. In order to do that, you're probably going to have an off night defensively occasionally. But as the old cliche goes, defense travels every single night. So to me, if you're going to pick a team to make a, a surprising run in the tournament, take one last look at how good they are defensively. Because if they're mostly offense, I would probably stay away. That's just my advice. And of course, my advice is to tune in to this show tomorrow when I talk to Cole Thompson of Locked On Aggies. We'll certainly talk about Saturday's basketball game and throw in some gridiron as well. So until then, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.